Hello, everyone. This is Erica Spicer-Mason, writer and editor with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you so much for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare podcast series today. I'm pleased to be joined by two guests from HealthEdge. We have with us Steve Krupa, CEO, and Ryan Mooney, Executive Vice President and General Manager of Payment Integrity. Today, we'll talk about the roles of technology and transparency in payment integrity practices. Steve and Ryan, welcome, and thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you. And before we get started, I wanted to know if you both wanted to share just a little bit more about your background or your roles, whatever you feel comfortable with sharing. And Steve, maybe we can get started with you. Sure. Thanks, Erica. Thanks for having me on. I'm Steve Krupp. I'm the CEO of, of HealthEdge. I was one of the founding investors in the company uh, some time ago, but I've been in uh, been the CEO here for about seven years. And uh, the goal of HealthEdge is to use technology to enable payers to address um, their most important operational processes. And so we have products that include claims administration platform. We have a prospective payment integrity platform, which is the subject that we'll talk about on this uh, discussion. And we're also, we also um, have a care management platform. Um, and our goal is to enable our customers to use that technology to improve the efficiency and outcomes of their business. Perfect. Thanks so much, Steve. And Ryan, would you like to share a little bit about yourself as well? I'd love to. And again, thanks for having us. Uh, so Ryan Mooney, I'm EVP and GM of Payment Integrity, which means I support the source team and all our payment accuracy efforts across the enterprise. I'm a longtime payment integrity guy, uh, 25 now plus years. Most of it spent sort of documenting the problems and, and recovering money. And in this phase of our career, joined Steve really to pivot that work and take that whole world of payment integrity intelligence that knows that everything's wrong and apply it to uh, getting it right and getting it right in the ecosystem of payments and with an editor. Uh, so this is a special mission for me. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you both again for being here. And I'm looking forward to talking about this topic. I know payments are top of mind for really both the health plan side and providers. So I think we're going to get a lot of good insights today. Um, but just to get us started at a higher level, Steve, I was wondering if you could share with us what you feel payers are doing well in payment integrity today and where you continue to see gaps also. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I guess I would start with, um, I have a background in process engineering before I got into healthcare. And we know that process engineering is about reducing error rates as an indicator of the quality of the process. And anytime you have high levels of, of error rates, you end up with a lot of abrasion in the business. The business doesn't operate efficiently in terms of its margins and, and its accuracy. And its customers and its stakeholders end up uh, with uh, confused transactions. In that regard, in healthcare, we often think of that as provider and member abrasion associated with the inaccuracy of, of payments and the, the need to recover payments that have been made in error, particularly when they're overpayments. So it's a big issue for health plans because they're, they operate on very small margins. So anytime they make a payment error, it can impact their profitability and their cash flow, but also it creates an adversarial relationship at times uh, with their providers when they go back to try to recover that. So I know that health plans have been focusing on this for a long time. And as Ryan points out, a lot of it is on the back end in the terms of recovering payments. And as an engineer, I'd make the argument 
that you need to get the payments right the first time. And that's really our goal at Health Edge is to help our customers do that. And what we do see uh, is a recognition from plans that this is an abrasive element of their business. And we do see them looking for and measuring KPIs around reducing accounts receivable payment times, decreasing the number of claims they actually deny and process, and improving the accuracy. Um, we know that there's about $88 billion of mispaid claims, for example, in, in Medicare and Medicaid. But really, the traditional model is designed to document a problem and then go and try to recover um, the mispayment. And they try to protect against that by stacking a bunch of multiple technologies and editors up front, but yet they're cat those catch uh, these errors later and later in the payment cycle and oftentimes to review to avoid penalties and interest or collections from providers, the payment gets made and then it gets reviewed again and then it gets recovered on the back end. And I think the plans all recognize that this is costing them a lot of direct and indirect costs in their business. And they're also paying fees to outside parties for those collections. So we're seeing what they're doing well in my mind is they're creating a shift so that they can improve catching those issues before the payment gets made. But the gaps that we still see is that there's still a very meaningful amount of payments that aren't accurate. And you know, we're in a, in, a, in, a, in a time where technology is very well positioned to solve that problem. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that context, Steve. And those two phrases you've said, adversarial relationships, provider and member abrasion, those certainly ring true as potential key issues if those high error rates aren't addressed. I know we see that quite often in our coverage at Becker's, you know, payers and providers trying to um, kind of smooth out their relationships in, in regards to all of this. So so thanks for for sharing some context there. And Ryan, I wanted to turn it to you next to talk about how HealthEdge was listed in Gartner's 2023 hype cycle as a representative vendor for prospective payment integrity. So can you say a little bit about how prospective payment integrity differs from traditional payment integrity? Yeah, yeah, I will. And, and I'm thrilled to be part of that because you know, here, the legacy of the business is, is a pricer in Medicare. And now we've taken that same skill set into payment integrity, into prospective payment integrity, and it gives us a really different flair. And it's particularly around that distinction with prospective payment integrity, because when your core focus and culture and technology is built to pay something correctly, it gives you a whole new view into payment integrity. So there's post-payment that Steve just described. You've already made the mistake. Somebody tells you eight months later, what the problem was that you should have fixed eight months ago, right? And, and then you have prepayment, which is the idea is, you know, let's catch this before it actually leaves the door. So we're not knocking on somebody's door eight months later and asking for a check. And then there's prospective payment integrity, which is really taking all of that intelligence and thinking about paying it correctly. So the approach with HealthEdge, the approach with prospective payment integrity is to take that intelligence and apply it to paying things correctly and finding those errors really, really early so that uh, we stop all that downstream pain, right? It's, you know, this, it's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to make a mistake and go ask for a check 
months and months and months later and, and have to deal with all the cash flow issues and revenue cycle issues that Steve described. So payment integrity is, is not just about finding those savings, but about avoiding those, uh, those mispayments entirely. Yeah. And I really like the way that you described that and also how you said it's about stopping downstream pain. I think that's a, a great way to put it very simply. Um, so Ryan, I wanted to take that just a little bit further and ask about how when payers work with payment integrity partners, what role does transparency play? <laughs> well, uh, it's the difference between uh, acknowledging a problem to be fixed and uh, identifying a problem and keeping it in broken in perpetuity. So payment integrity, and one of the, one of the real faults of payment integrity is that uh, it's built on contingency, which means that if I find an error, then uh, if I want to continue to get paid, I actually have a perverse incentive to keep that error hidden. And in a lot of cases, the payment integrity companies know exactly what's wrong and how to fix it because you see all that stuff downstream. Now, if I'm in this black box and I say, look, my intellectual property are all my ideas for all the things that I can go find in your data, then that's gonna be good for me, the payment integrity vendor, but that's gonna be bad for healthcare because you're not showing what can be fixed to how easy it can be fixed. And some of these things, just there's just no reason for us not to be going in and identifying the root cause issue and showing where it is. So the notion of transparency is built around, okay, we found all those issues in your data. Well, let's put them to good work, right? Let's, let's, let's put them to good use so that they can actually go and fix those issues and stop them downstream. So a core tenant of Health Edge is to say, we're going to take this black box and we're going to transform this to an open book. So we're going to show you what went wrong, where it went wrong, and take all that intelligence and apply it to, say, your reimbursement, your configuration, maybe even conversation with a provider, a change in your system that would allow it to be, uh, to be corrected. So transparency is really at the root of making healthcare better. Uh, and, and the notion is, let's just, sh- let's just take all this intelligence, determine what's wrong, and, uh, and, and put a fix in, and transparency is at the heart of that. Really well said. Thank you, Ryan. I like how you phrased it as transforming it from a black book to an, I think it was black book to an open, Black box to an open book, sorry. (laughs) But in any case, the way you described that really resonated. So thank you. And I know, Ryan, Steve, you've both kind of alluded to intelligence here, technology. So I wanted to kick this next question over to Steve and ask, what is the role of technology in payment integrity? And how has it assisted more recently in price transparency regulations as well? If you think about what, what I think Ryan is talking about, he's talking about you know what we what we call in process controls a feedback loop. So um, you identify the problem, um, you understand its root root cause, and then you feed that back to a system that's able to identify it upfront next time, as opposed to waiting until the payment is made. And that should be you know a virtuous cycle. The more that you find, the more that you can cure. The more that you cure, the less that you find, and over time, you you have a decay function in terms of the number of payments that end up getting made inaccurately. And within that con- context, technology is key. And the, what's beautiful about modern software is modern software 
allows for multi-tenancy, allows for the sharing of information and applications, and it allows for continu continuous delivery of changes. So what you're really talking about is, for example, uh, Ryan discussed pricing. Well, regulatory pricing changes a lot more than we realize. If you can continuously deliver those changes such that when a claim gets priced, it's being priced on the most accurate information avail available at the time it's priced, well, then you'll avoid downstream mistakes with respect to pricing. And if you can deliver that continuously through basically a, a SaaS-based application, you'll have more accurate claims in that regard. If our customers are unable to identify errors that are made and then create rules, and they can, they can put those rules into production in real time, then the next time those errors come in, they'll be able to discover them before the payments are made during the, during the claims processing, and again, avoid that downstream. So having cloud-based tech that has continuous delivery of updates and the enablement, enabling our customers to create content and where we would be continuously creating content that can be delivered is really key to getting that feedback loop and that getting that error decay rate so that the error rate goes down significantly. We can also then begin to look at data analytics and probabilistic AI around machine learning and look at some of the transactions where it's not necessarily, not necessarily certain that it's gonna, there's gonna be a mispayment, but you can calculate the probability of there being a mispayment and having those transactions hopefully reviewed prior to the payment. And again, that avoids all the downstream collection and that creates uh, the kind of feedback loop that I'm talking about. Further, we have now a lot of the transparency regulations out there in this machine readable files world. And if you're bringing all of your rules and your adjudication rules back and your pricing back, then being able to broadcast uh, that information to the marketplace becomes more efficient and more accurate. And that enables plans to you know, conform with the regulations in that area. I think the issue of transparency in that regard has wider ranging effects to um, healthcare and healthcare payments than just the payment integrity side. But certainly through that, you'll know that um, the providers will know exactly what pricing is being used when their claims are being valued by the payer. Mm -hmm. All of that together, uh, we think leads to uh, a future where the payment cycle will be more accurate. And ultimately, we'd like to see it lead towards almost real-time processing of, of claims and payments to providers. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that explanation, Steve. Sounds like there are just a lot of opportunities for applying various technologies to this process and really kind of taking being proactive to a new level. Um, so thanks again. Yeah, and the cost of the technology is materially lower than the cost of auditing and recovering paid claims. I mean, it's not even, it's, it's orders of magnitude less expensive to do it that way. So um, as we begin to show our, our customers this capability, we're seeing a lot of interest in their wanting to actually do this. In fact, we almost think we're coming to the table with something they wished existed and now they're seeing all the possibilities in this. Yeah, absolutely. And Steve, you mentioned customers, um, which is a, a great segue into what I wanted to talk about next. Um, and maybe Ryan can shed some light on this for us as well. Um, but I wanted to know if there were any examples of a particular Health Edge partner who maybe has really seen a lot of success in payment integrity and if you could share what that success looked like as well, I think that would be really helpful for listeners. Yeah, I'd love to. And you know, one of the great things about being different in 
the payment integrity space if you attract the right partners. So we've got the folks that are tired of the old way who are sick of paying for things quarter after quarter after quarter over and over and over again, and actually want to get in and fix the problem. So we've got a bunch of early adopters that have come in and really put it to good use. I think Steve described it best as the feedback cycle, what I would call uh, a virtuous cycle. Uh, this is where I see it being the best, where you've got somebody who's using our technology to get imp implemented enterprise-wide. So they have this cloud-based, like, single interface that allows them to view this really expansive, detailed, interactive view across their entire business. And they look at the whole ecosystem of things. So they're looking at reimbursement. Uh, am I paying it correctly? Am I staying on top of date of, of changes? And our clients are doing it every two weeks. So there's never a big gap between any kind of policy change or any kind of regulatory change. They're always up to date. And there's sort of that compliance portion of that that they love, but there's also that accuracy component. And then they have all their, their uh, contracts configured uh, in our software. And it's the, and USC talks about the, the benefit of technology. You can now do these super flexible, smart configurations of your contracts that allow you to be able to essentially standardize all the normal stuff, right? Just you know, the 90% the of things that are the same between every contract. You get that in, you build in cascades. So if it doesn't meet A, then it goes to B. If it doesn't meet B, it goes to C. It, all of that just works and, and hums along perfectly. And you isolate the things that change and you manage just those changes instead of the whole world of things that are the same. So you got your reimbursement in place, you got your contract configuration in place, and then you put in an editor that goes and says, okay, well, where are things not configured right? Or where are things not quite configured the way with the right language that we thought we developed around the contract? Well, there's going to be an edit that discovers where that slips through. And then you're going to be able to see in the system, okay, you know, I'm, I'm finding things where this was configured incorrectly or this is reimbursing incorrectly. And then through this uh, level of transparency that's being offered, you're able to say, oh, okay, oh, I need to go back and change that issue in, uh, in my reimbursement or in my configuration. And again, you start building up that capability. Others of our clients are now extending that even into their post payment and saying, okay, well, what, you know, what else is being found in my ecosystem? Let me just take this from biggest issue down and just start fixing fixing those issues one after the other after the other. And so it's this minimum effective dose of the smallest amount of work to be able to go and fix the biggest issues. But that's where the system really comes in at its best when we've got clients that will uh, really take a look at their business. They've just got it. They've got a dashboard. They've got Power BI to be able to go in and dig into their data. They discover what those things are. They go to the front of that perspective chain and they just start, you know, making sure that things are accurate all the way down and building that feedback loop. What's wrong? Let's fix it. What's the next thing that's wrong? Let's fix it. Uh, and that's been really exciting to see. Yeah, absolutely. So Ryan, beyond the reimbursement, contract configuration capabilities, and that prioritization, as you mentioned, how is it also helping payers make better business decisions? Well, I think the, the first thing they get to do is they get to know what their, what the problems are. You know, we, we do a couple things. Like one of my favorite things is this uh, retroactive change manager. I think Steve alluded to it earlier too, with uh, there's something like 600 changes that are made by CMS each year. 
And a huge amount of those are retroactive. In fact, it, it may be that all six, that there are 600 retroactive changes, and I'd have to check my data, but it sounds so preposterous that it has to be true for CMS. But you know, all these changes come through, and we, and we build tools that allow people to be actually see what is affected, uh, what pays under, what pays over, uh, to be able to see who it goes against, uh, what's the change that needs to be made. They can model in their uh, system exactly if they made this change, what would the downstream impact be for a certain amount of time. Um, it, just that visibility, the ability to imbue analytics, uh, to have that kind of view into your business to know exactly what the problems are. I mean, that puts you in a perspective to be able to, uh, to really you know, manage your business well. And then on the front end, when you're thinking about making changes of your own, whether it's around policy or around contracts, uh, we have this modeling capability where you can actually just go in in real time and say, if I made this change, what would my business look like? How would that look? I can, I can apply it retroactively for uh, 38 months, or I can let it run in real time and just say, you know, in this what if scenario, what would the real business impact be? And uh, allow them to be able to actually just see it in action on their own claim data in real time before actually going and affecting that change. So you don't have to be 100% right at the beginning. Uh, you can experiment and make sure and tweak before actually enabling those changes. So that's one of the ways which I think is pretty cool. Absolutely. And that really helpful examples, Ryan, thank you. And I know we only have a few more moments left in our session today. So I wanna be respectful of your time, but I have two more quick questions for the both of you. Um, Steve, I wanna, kind of zoom out one more time here and just look at this issue from a high level again and and ask you why long-term vision and planning are so important for payers when they're evaluating payment integrity tools like what we've talked about today. Yeah, I think I think one of the things about payment integrity, if this particularly in, in the context of either a second pass or post-payment integrity solution is, is that by applying them immediately, you can get some in-year savings to your costs because you're basically going back and correcting for mistakes and there's an economic benefit that you get immediately for that. I think the long-term view is how do I eliminate those mistakes in the first place? And that really is you know, applying what I think a lot of great manufacturing companies realized uh, over the last 30 years, which is their costs go down meaningfully um, as the products that they build have higher level of quality, i.e. fewer defects when they're pushed out to the customer. And I think the same thing applies to the payment cycle for health plans. At the end of the day, the payment cycle for health plans means everything to them. It really en enables a better underwriting for their business. It enables a better intervention for care management issues with their members that are vulnerable, that are going through a significant medical, medical event because they understand it in real time and they understand what the costs can be. And it deals with their customers, and, it, and it's important to their customers, whether those customers are self-insured or fully insured customers, whether they're customers on their government products, Medicare, Medicaid, and the exchanges, uh, because it allows the customers to know how much money they're paying out of pocket and be assured that the provider is incentivized to give them the very best care because their relationship with the health plan is a positive one. So thinking about the payment stream and how do I get it as accurate as I possibly can is really a core question that drives pretty much every 
piece of information and feedback and knowledge of the business for a health plan. And if they think about it from that perspective and, and ask themselves, why can't I apply modern technology to solve that problem? I think that's a fundamental strategic question that has the ability to really change the way the business works um, in not too long of a distance out there because these problems are able to be addressed and resolved uh, within a, within a, a fairly short time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Steve. And finally, Ryan, to close us out here, you shared so many great examples of the success that you're seeing in Health Edge's partners and, um, and how they're applying some of these strategies that we've talked about. So can you just say what similarities you're seeing in payers who are shifting their payment integrity practices upstream? And also, when you're engaging with these organizations, is this more of a department or an enterprise-wide initiative? I think it would be helpful for our, our listeners to hear. Well, at, at best, it's an enterprise initiative. You know, it's funny, uh, even Steve and I, working within the, the confines of, of Health Edge, we'll look at payers' uh, timing for adjudication. And, the, the, you know, we had one example of some folks that we're talking to, where it's taking them like 10 seconds to be able to pay a claim. And the amount of time that's taken up by their current primary editor, which is not source, but rather one of the old school primary editors, almost 70% of the time is taken by just by that old technology. And it's a good example to me because, you know, the, the folks that are managing the payment cycle, you know, are worried about the amount of time it takes. Uh, it affects everybody. The payment integrity folks are, are worried mostly about their prepayment savings. Uh, if they would look at it together, they'd see the opportunity to be able to really collapse it. So in the first in the first example, like, you know, what are we seeing? We're seeing people that, that use cloud-based technology be able to massively accelerate their time. So we're able to do all the pricing and editing in a single call, a single API call. It takes us an average of about 166 milliseconds at, at scale. So it's, uh, it's just phenomenal in the way that it speeds things up. To the, the second half of your question, if the focus is uh, around whether it's enterprise or whether it's a department initiative, is really the difference between are we going to continue to document the problems that we see or are we going to put ourselves in a position to fix them? And if the latter disposition is the care of a payer, then they're going to worry about making it an enterprise initiative because, as I mentioned, like reimbursement configuration, the payment cycle, payment integrity. If you can look at those, uh, you know, through the through the span of that work, you're finding that the fixes are already in your control. You know, one thing I would love to see as an enterprise is to celebrate uh, actually fixing these problems. A payment integrity shop alone will probably just measure their savings. And in 2023, if they hit X uh, dollars, in 2024, they're probably going to celebrate if they hit 110% of their 23 savings. And that's absolutely the wrong way to look at it. The enterprise view, the enterprise initiative will look at this and say, how much of those dollars that we had in 23 can we fix in 24? And can we take it instead of to 110% and keep just acknowledging a larger problem, can we put ourselves in a position where we are, say, even 20% more efficient, leaner, with higher quality and less downstream abrasion? To me, that's the, that's the difference. And the best payers in the industry are looking at this from an enterprise view 
and looking at making their uh, healthcare claims process better. Such a good explanation, Ryan. Thank you. And Steve, thank you as well. You've both given us so much so much insight today and a lot of uh, really tangible examples of what this looks like um, when payers are able to really see some solid improvements here. So thank you both again for joining the podcast today. Thank you for having us. And we'd also like to thank our podcast sponsor today, HealthEdge. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.